Good morning. Good morning. There's not too many people here today, but we're glad you're here anyway. We'll get right into the lesson because I know that there's not many of you here. If there was a large crowd, we'd preach till about two, but since there's not, we will preach until everybody goes to sleep. To judge or not to judge? And the reading this morning in Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse one through six, judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you." I once made a judgment about something and one of the other Christians said to me, it's a sin to judge. And my reply was, then why do you do it? Did you get that? Judging, this is one of the passages that is so misused because it's pulled out of context. You know, according to the 2014 State of the Bible report by the Barna Group, fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Think of that. And many professing Christians cannot identify more than two or three of the disciples. 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. And 80% of Americans believe God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. And a survey of graduating high school seniors thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. And a great number of people thought that Billy Graham preached the first sermon on the Mount originally. (laughs) And some thought that Joshua, son of Nun, was actually the son of a nun. The favorite verse in the Bible used to be John 3.16. But now, people have pulled this quote out of context. Don't judge. And what they are meaning is any time that you judge them that they are wrong, that you are going against the scripture. Because Jesus said, judge not. And they don't even put, lest you be judged. Just judge not. Don't judge anything that I do wrong. Any of the moral things that I do, I ought to be able to do them and 
truth is not fixed in any way. It's just for every person, it's a little bit different. And that's what we're doing on Wednesday night. We're talking about biblical ethics. And we brought some things out the other night, just as an example. And you find that there's a disagreement even in the church as to what we can do. There are certain times that we can lie. But you find out that that's not true. What are these passages talking about in Matthew 7? I want you to think with me for a little bit. And of course what it's talking about is bad judging is prohibited. And good judging is practiced. That's what he's saying. Let's look at it for just a minute. When I say bad judgment is prohibited, it's a judge not that you be not judged. Look at the context. In Matthew 7, 5, 6, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mode out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. I want you to notice, first of all, he's talking about a hypocrite. And then he says that you have a problem and you need to get rid of that problem before you try to help somebody else. Now I'm going to tell you a hypocrite judging is not trying to help anybody else. And so that's the first thing. And he says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. How in the world do you figure out who a dog is? And how do you, in the world do you figure out who a hog is? He says that you're not to give your pearls to the swine and you're not to give it to the dogs. So that means there must be a judgment about who I am giving these good things, the word of God to. And there are some people that you just ought to not give it to because they're going to just take and like a hog, they'll take the pearls and they'll run it through the mud. And like a dog, they'll just go back to their vomit and eat their own vomit. Now that's a sickening thing when you think about it. But God said, I want you to recognize that there is something here that you need to understand, and that is that all judgment is not wrong. Whenever you think about good judgment, and I'm just going to read some passages for a little bit, that says that we are to judge. And so that's, this will take away, because God doesn't... Con- confuse things in the Bible by saying different things. He is saying the same thing over and over. In Matthew 7, 5, 6, as we read, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. In other words, he's saying you can see then what's really wrong And you can help your brother by casting out that which is in him. But first I have to get it clear in my eye how to see to take this out of your eye. 
And then if you'll notice in Matthew the 18th chapter in verse 15, he says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between them and him alone, and he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. How in the world did you figure out that the brother had done something wrong? Well, you had to judge that. And in the judging of that, why did you go to him? To help your brother. So he says, yes, there is a time to judge. And in that judging, what you are trying to do is help the brother. Now we're going to see that that is not what the hypocrite does. But this individual over here can look and that we ought to look at each other. And we ought to say to each other, you know, there's something wrong in your life and I need to help you with that. But before you do that, you need to get it straight in your own mind as to what you are doing. So I have to first examine myself. Then as I look, I want to help every one of you. And I find out that maybe you're doing something wrong. I'm going to tell you something. It was so thrilling this morning, even though Connor and uh, the other one, (laughs) Colton, Connor and Colton weren't here, even though they weren't here. Little Trayvon come up wagging his paper at me, and boy, he was so thrilled that he had done so good, and it's good to encourage them. But I noticed that his dad sometimes judges him. Have you ever noticed that? His dad judges him and really corrects him at certain times. Now, little Trayvon, as he grows up, will finally learn to say, you're not to judge me. Right? Of course we judge. We judge that which is wrong if we are practicing righteousness and trying to help the other person. Then we move over to Galatians, the sixth chapter in verse one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And this is a very important passage because what it is saying is, is that Mike is over here and Mike is doing wrong and the church is getting upset and Mike needs to be straightened out and I go to him and I talk to Mike and Mike says, you know what, Mason? Those church members are so mean to me. Those church members are doing this to me and those church members, I tell And I say, well, poor Mike. Poor Mike. We've really hurt Mike. And when I come back, I'm against the church and I'm defending Mike. Well, that's not a spiritual person. A spiritual person says, you know, if the church is doing wrong, we'll take care of that. But right now, we need to take care of what your problem is and we need to discuss that and try to get that straightened out. Do you see what I'm saying? This is so important that Jesus said... 
You've got to have the right attitude in all of this. In Romans 16, 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Do you remember back in the Old Testament when Cain killed his brother? God put a mark upon him. Well, that's what he says I want you to do. Mark that individual, and how do you do that? Well, you make an announcement. You make an announcement that brother is out of place. That brother is out of sight. So, it's good to have the Monacos here with us today. They just come walking in. So, when he says, I beseech you, brethren, he's saying, I'm begging you, brethren, that when those that are doing wrong and causing division contrary to the doctrine of Christ, mark them so that others will know not to get around them. Churches don't do that, but we should. That's what God says. And then in John seven twenty four, judge not according to the appearance but judge righteous judgment. How do you judge righteous judgment? Now listen to me here on this for a minute. Righteous judgment is not just because I see a passage a certain way and you disagree with me. If I'm going to judge Frank Monaco or Frank Monaco is going to judge me, then to do it righteously I have to find out what Frank Monaco believes or he has to find out what I believe. And once I understand what he believes, what he sees in the Bible, then I have respect because he is trying to get his information from the Bible. And therefore, I can judge him upon the basis, well, Frank doesn't believe what I believe about this passage. We will continue to study it, but we're not going to have a division over that which we are disagreeing on. Now, there is a point that you would have to divide. But the point is that I want to be judged by what I believe, what my faith holds, not what your faith holds. So when he says, don't judge according to appearance, because do you know what? Everybody that disagrees with me looks like they have horns coming out of their head. That's the way that we look at people. Some people just cannot see it the way that I see it. My son and I have had this problem at times as we've studied the Word of God. He's wrong and I'm right. I know I'm right and I know that he's wrong. And yet we get along. Now, someday he will learn the truth and come over. But until then, we're going to get along. Because I know that he's taking from the word of God what he sees. And I'm taking from the word of God what I see. And both of us can be wrong, but both of us cannot be right. And usually in our debates, what happens is we try to get people on our side so that we have a division and the most many times go and there's a division in the church. So he says, 
judge righteous judgment. Look at the standard when you judge somebody and that standard is not what you think. The standard is what the truth really is. And sometimes the truth is hard to come to. Even though I think I understand it, I've had to change my position on too many things to think that I'm always right. And then in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 11, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such an one not to eat. And we say, well, how can we do that? You just do it. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Does that take judgment? That's the point. It takes judgment that this person is doing something that even he believes is wrong and we're not going to ignore it because he is violating, one, his conscience, and two, he's violating the word of God that he knows he's violating. And therefore, the church takes action about this. I don't know of any brother in Christ that can come up and say that I believe that fornication is all right. They all know it's wrong. Every one of us know that that's wrong. And somebody that is covetous, which is an idolater, the Bible says, we all know it's wrong. The person knows it's wrong, but he can't seem to overcome these things. And certainly a drunkard. We've got to deal with these things. And it takes judgment. And God says you have to have this judgment. One more little passage there. Philippians 3, 2. Beware of dogs. Beware of equal workers. Beware of the concision. The concision is simply the Jews and their circumcision and so on. But it takes a real judgment to figure out what kind of a character somebody has. And once you figure out that that person either falls into the dog or hog, you, you quit trying to shout the gospel into anybody. When somebody doesn't want to hear the gospel, let them not hear the gospel. If you will notice the Apostle Paul, every time he preached, whenever he got ready to preach and wanted to speak, He got permission to do so. And you and I have to make a judgment about the character of individuals and that's by observing the fruits that they produce. If you are careful, and does not the Bible tell us that we are to study one another? When he says consider one another in Hebrews 10.25, Doesn't it mean that we are to look at each other and think, wow, what a positive attitude this person has. And we need to commend those individuals, but over here is another individual that they've got such a terrible attitude, and we need to deal with that attitude too. Either way you go, we are to look at this and say, I need to help my brother. 
I need to help them desperately. You know, the Bible says don't go to a fool and try to give him advice. Or he's going to turn on you. And many times we have fools even in the church. You say, well, how can that be? Well, just try sometimes saying, you know what? You're raising a brat. And watch what happens. I know how to raise my children better than you. But do you know how to raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? That's the question. And when you see a brat, can you not say to the parent, you're ruining the child? Now, you've got to be diplomatic about it. I learned that a long time ago. You've got to be diplomatic about how you approach a parent. But you need to approach them and try to help them in any way that you can. So as we look at this, we see that. And do you remember Jesus judged, and boy, his judgment was really harsh. He says in Matthew 23, 25 through 28, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Now, if you want to get somebody upset, call them a hypocrite. Especially, especially a religious leader. You may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Oh, we carry our Bibles around, we look good, and people think that we are very holy, and on the outside we really look good. And he says, first, that which is in the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like a whitted or whited sepulcher, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bone and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. In other words, you're dead inside. And he says, when that happens, I'm going to judge you. Jesus said, I know. Now, we have to wait and find out by the fruits that an individual produces. What kind of an individual that is. But once you know, you can make the judgment about that. There are some people that you cannot trust even in the church. Because they don't keep their promises. So... And you know, most people say, well, you just go ahead and forgive them. That doesn't, that doesn't alleviate them being in sin. Just to come along and say, I'm not even going to think about that anymore. That doesn't alleviate the sin. We need to learn to confront one another in a brotherly loving matter. And do it in such a way that that individual knows we love them. Do you realize moral judgments are made every day? Policemen make moral judgments, don't they? And teachers, (laughs) teachers make moral judgments or judgment about their class. Parent or a pastor, they all make judgments. 
One of the things that happen when leaders in churches get together is they may talk about members, but they talk in a constructive way as to how to help them. That's important. Now, if they're talking in a negative way, they need to be dealt with too. So, we're asking then, is all judging wrong? And certainly it is not. What type of judging is prohibited? Well, let me say it's hypercritical judging. I mean, you can't do anything right in that hypercritical person's. Whatever they do is going to be wrong. And they're critical of everything. The way that you smile, the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you, the way that you do everything. Stephen said this morning, in effect to me, did I do good on the prayer? And he did excellent. He did absolutely excellent. You know what? He's wanting to do what's right. And I think the way that he approached that this morning was absolutely beautiful. This is the first time I've ever led, ever led prayer in the opening. Wow. He is such a humble fellow. You know what? You can tell him that he's wrong and he likes it. He likes to find out the truth. And I'm, t- I'm telling that as the truth. He likes to hear when he's wrong so that he can correct what he's doing wrong. Because I'll tell you, he's got a sweet heart. His wife does too. But she, uh, she's a little more down to earth than Stephen is. Uh, she's quite a gal. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse three through five. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And this plank that we're talking about is used in a large building, usually about 40 feet long and five feet around. I mean, sometimes we call it a two-before thing, but it's bigger than that. You've got a real problem. I mean, you've got this big old beam in your eye. You've got so many problems and so many sins and so much hypocrisy and you're here and you're saying, I think I see a speck over here, a little bitty speck and I'm going to, I need to help get that out. I'm going to get it out. Well, not on my eye, you're not. I want somebody that can see clearly when they're going to pull a splinter out of your eye and that's what he's doing. He's using a hyperbole to get us to see that this, he's exaggerating this big so that he can see that we don't see our problems. If you don't see your own problem, how can you help somebody else? It's like going to somebody that they just got a divorce and they're wanting to know how to have a successful marriage and they go to that person to find out. That doesn't work. What you need to do is find somebody that 
if I wanted to find out how to have a successful marriage, I think maybe I'd talk to Frank. Right? You had a pretty good marriage, didn't you? He had a great marriage. Well, you know what? They had problems in their marriage. I wasn't there, but they did. And I'm going to tell you something. They loved each other. That's the kind of people you go to to find out. But don't go to that individual that is upset about everything and going on and on all the time. It's a self-righteous judgment. That's, that's the kind of judgment Jesus said. Don't judge. Now, if I'm willing to be judged by the same judgment I judge other people, that's great. So, a good illustration of this is found over in Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 11 through 14. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eye, as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So he's saying, look at this. We're over here thinking about how great we are. And this disgusting guy over here. I just can't can't believe that he's that bad. Have you ever stood and stripped yourself naked spiritually and looked at yourself to see what you're like without God? Woo! We don't need to be judging anybody, do we? It's only when we're forgiven, when we stand right and try and practicing righteousness. You can't see that speck if you have the plank in your eye. And it's easy to get, it's easy to get in the position that we are self-righteous. Let me show you how easy it is. A great man sat on a seat and he was the king of Israel. And he sat there that day and he was judging people as they came in and they brought their problems to him. And finally it says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up and grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him. 
but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing. And because he had no pity, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Wow. Wow. Righteous David. Pulling the speck out of that eye. And he was the man that was guilty. It's easy to get into. I go to church every Sunday. I give every Sunday. I do this every Sunday. I do the Wednesday I do this. And the rest of the time, oh, I I don't have time for the brethren. I don't have time for this. But I don't realize that I've slipped down into sin. And I haven't acknowledged it. I haven't repented. And I'm trying to judge other people. That is an abomination to God. It's horrible. Some illustrations that go on in minds. I can't believe he actually watches R-rated movies. Do you watch the news? We're R-rated there. I can't believe he smokes. Oh, that's a good old one. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I smoked for years. And I hate smoking. But where's the passage? Oh, don't go over and tell me about the harming your body. Because he says there's only one sin that's against the body. And that's fornication. Every other sin, he said, is not against the body. It comes from the heart. And then, look at his long hair. Look at that long beard. Tyler's even trying to join the group. You know, I learned a long time ago that the Hair can be short or long. Somebody said that, boy, let me get that hair out of your hair. Aye, it came from a horse's tail and the great big thing. Somebody else comes along and says, let me get that, that hair out of your eye. And it's just tiny little thing. That, you know what? Hair doesn't make a man. We in the church sometimes judge in the foolish, most foolish way. A young bachelor illustrates this pretty well. Every time he brought a prospective wife home, his wife criticized, his mother criticized him unmercifully. 
The young man was at his wits, and a friend offered this advice. Find someone just like your mother. So he looked until he found a clone. Someone that looked like his mother. Her gait was like his mother's, and she talked like his mother. And even thought like his mother. It was amazing. So he took her home. And the next time he saw the friend who had given him the advice. And was asked how his mother liked the girl. The bachelor answered. It went great. My mother loved her. But my father couldn't stand her. No one is immune from thinking they are better than someone else. Why is judging so wrong? Some judging. Well, we're not God. That's why. We're not God. In Matthew 7, 1 and 2, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Be careful how you judge. If you judge and expect to be judged that way by God, you can do it. James 4, 12, There's one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? It's the wrong kind of judging. When we are trying to help, we're not sinning. When we try to take God's place, we are. So, real quickly, the good judging. In Matthew 7, 3 through 5, we've read this over and over. Take out the beam out of your own eye. How do you get good judgment? Change your attitude about yourself. That's the starting place. Change your attitude about yourself. And be a helper, not a condemner. It's easy to condemn. But help that person. And be humble in your judgment, recognizing that you can go over into that yourself. And I'd like to say it's this way. It's like a mother judging their son or daughter. They're trying to help that kid all the time. And we need to learn how to judge between dogs and pigs. And when you do those things, you're going to ask for God's mercy And you will be willing to give mercy. And remember above all. That our sins put on Christ. To give us victory over the devil. And he helps us. He's always there to help us. Never just to criticize. If you're here this morning. That's the lesson. And hopefully. Hopefully. 